Hey guys, welcome to the Cypher Life as a young adult with Ade. And on this very podcast, we'll be talking about the realities of young adults. Love, relationship, religion, education, finances, sex, and so much more. Join me every week to discuss the realities, experiences that we young adults live through. So welcome guys to another episode. This is your host Ade and on today's episode I'm with a very special guest, very very special guest. <laughs> but before um, I dive into any introduction, I would like to say a big thank you to every single person listening, tuning in, subscribing and sharing this beautiful podcast. Thank you guys. I see you guys comment, I see you guys post and everything. Thank you. I really appreciate it. So now let's dive in. Like I said earlier, I'm with a very special guest and I want him to um, do the honor of introducing himself. So please, can you introduce yourself? Uh, sure. Uh, this is uh, Mohammed Sano. Right? Uh, well, actually, I have a middle name. It's Al Amin. So that makes me a Mohammed Al Amin Sano. I am from the Republic of Guinea, right? a country in West Africa. Uh, for those that might know it, it's not as popular as. Nigeria, but <laughs> second best thing. Uh, <laughs> I I reside in Malaysia, uh, nonetheless. I'm currently pursuing my PhD in Islamic finance. Yeah, um, here in Malaysia, in uh, INSEF, uh, Global University. Um, aside from studies, I do a lot of writing, right? Um, research, mostly on topics related to development. Right, as well as Islamic finance. Um, I'm also a consultant currently at Vifcons. Uh, right, it is a UK-based uh, Islamic finance consultancy firm. Um, and uh, um, yeah, it's pretty much on the working end. Uh, there is a personal interest. I would say I love writing. Right, um, writing whether it's research. I know it sounds redundant, but yeah, I love writing research. Uh, I like writing poetry as well. A little bit of rap here and there, right? Those who might be familiar with my <laughs> Insta page, hopefully. <laughs> if not, then do check it out. It's not too bad, you know. And uh, yeah, football as well is something that I love. Uh, yeah, so that's Mohammed Sound in a nutshell. In a nutshell? No, that's not a nutshell. Thank you. Thank you for gracing me on this um, wonderful episode. And on today's topic, we're talking about effect of society on young adults. So this and this podcast is all about um, young adults and everything pertaining on young adults. So now we're talking about the effect of young adults on um, the effect of society on young adults. My first question: I want it to be as fun as possible. So don't worry, we're not. (laughs) This is not. this is not an interview or interrogation. Okay. So we're just making it like fun. You get me? So now, okay. sure. so my first question, and it comes from your, you know, personal experiences. So what can you describe as um, effect of society? What do you describe? What can you say? Okay, this is, this is my definition of um, the effects, be it um, positive or negative. Um, sure. You, you mean on like... My effects of society on me or just effects of society generally on the youth on the youth social effect yeah society effect um that's a really interesting question i would say um as we all know we are 
animals of, uh, I forgot how they say it, right? Uh, we're social animals, right? Essentially where we want to, you know, um, ascribe ourselves to communities, to, you know, associations, to groups, and just, you know, to people, essentially, that we feel, you know, um, relate to us, essentially, or at least those that we relate to, you know. So, in a sense, we're all influenced by the community or society that we reside in. We, you know, it has an effect on us, essentially. Um, in terms of the society's effects on youth, right, I would say the youth are definitely... Uh, the most vulnerable, you know, uh, group of society, um, you know, in terms of societies having an effect because we're still at the, you know, the nurturing stage where there's a lot of input going on, you know, um, absorbing of information and, you know, just culture and, you know, worldview and stuff like that. So society's view would therefore be uh, significant, right? And obviously we know that different societies have different norms, different you know, practices different, you know, uh, different ideologies and different just things that they preach, essentially, right? So it's just a matter of um, what society you come from, right? And as much as we all think we have an opinion, right, on matters, um, it is mostly the case that our opinions are derived from the societies we reside in, you know? Um, So in that sense, I would say society... Um, well, to answer your question directly, right, um, what effects do, do society have on the youth? Um, it has negative and positive effects, right? So the question back to you, I guess, is what society are we talking about? You know? Yeah, I totally understand that. And that's why I said um, just in general. Yeah. So we'll soon get to the positive and negative. Of course, there's negative and positive um, effect of society on okay. young adults. So now I'm going to ask you your challenges, you know, as a young adult, as an adult in the uh-huh. society, what are the challenges you face personally? Um, my personal challenges are, so I have a, I would say a very, um, what's the word, awkward <laughs> type of, <laughs> you know, um, situation, right? Not, not too strange, I would say, because I'm, so I'm a third, as the third country child, right? Uh, basically an individual who grew up um, abroad, right, outside of their country, right? Like I mentioned, I'm, I'm Guinean, right, I'm from the Republic of Guinea, but I spent the overwhelming majority of my life in Malaysia, right, a Southeast Asian country, right? And uh, obviously the cultures between the two countries are significantly different, you know, um, <laughs> very, very different to say the least, you know, yeah. uh, the Af- between the African and the Asian culture, um, you know, I, in a broad sense, right? Um, in terms of the challenges that I personally face, I would say... Uh, the, I mean, there's always the challenge of, you know, not feeling at home, right? When you are abroad, right? Um, you just constantly have this feeling of, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm here almost like a tourist or as a guest, as a, someone who's transiting to very um, divergent, you know, uh, communities in terms of culture, in terms of language, in terms of, you know, our mentality, ideology, and just ways of approaching things, you know. So Malaysians are known to be reserved people, right? People who are, you know, mostly to themselves, right? They're, they have their nice communities, but they're mostly, you can say, passive, right? And they're, they're doing of things. They're very productive, but they're also very passive. You know, it's, an, it's a strange mix, right? Uh, whereas Guineans are 
very uh, what's the word <laughs> uh, vibrant you know where where we're quite loud often right uh, <laughs> right it almost <laughs> it, it takes time to adapt to the Malaysian culture right? but someone like myself who has grown up over here um, who spent his you know the majority of his life over here I've kind of adapted to it but at the same time I know what my um, home country is like you know the, the the situation back home is so you know I almost have like a dual personality I don't know if that makes me uh, what's the word bipolar but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is you know <laughs> Uh, so, but just to answer your question directly, in terms of the challenges, I would say, like, you know, uh, me being in this community, on this country that is, that is you know, not mine, really, um, I constantly have this, this, this feeling of, okay, do I really belong? So, the first challenge in that sense would be the challenge of, you know, uh, adapting to, 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 to my community, because in order for you to learn, you need to first understand what your community is all about, you know. So that's 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 how that what I would say is the first challenge. Um, but I would say over the years it has really been mitigated because you know once your purpose becomes clear, your objectives are really set in stone, then that no longer becomes a challenge. Um, yeah, in a sense, uh, I don't know if I answered your question directly, but uh, yeah, those are something that just you know uh, floated floating my mind occasionally, uh, often. When it comes to me, on the other end, um, yeah, I I moved when I was um, a teenager. When I'm living um, my teenage years, so I moved from Nigeria to um, India, and the core challenge I faced, the first one I I I think I did face was like, um, like you said, um, you know, change of environment. And when I say change of environment, there's different cultures. So I I realized there was not um, the way it was in Nigeria wasn't the same way it was in India. So that really affected me, to be very honest, because there are some things I was used to because I grew up in Nigeria. So there was things I was used to. I was um, used to seeing there was um, cultural appropriation. There was, you know, there was this that wasn't here in India. And in India, it was so different from that in Nigeria. So moving around, moving from a different country to another country, that, 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 that's a huge challenge. <laughs> that's a re- very huge challenge to me. And I, I could tell that you can relate because you said you moved from Guinea to um, Malaysia. So I want us to be like, right now, I want us to be very specific. So now I will ask you, I will want you to back it up a bit and I'll ask you your challenges in Guinea before I ask you that in Malaysia. So you should like be able to say, okay, I experienced these um, challenges when I was in Guinea because I was young, because I'm an adult and blah, blah. You get what I'm trying to say. Uh-huh, so uh-huh. now let's, let, let's talk about Guinea. Sure. Um, so my challenges in Guinea. Um, well, just to, just to clarify a point earlier, I would say um i was actually born in malaysia right so, so malaysia is like your nigeria then um <laughs> guinea is like <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah yes yes in a sense you know um i'm very much with malaysia um more than i am with with guinea right familiar okay <laughs> so, okay okay but the reason why i want us to go on guinea is because you know guinea yeah. is an african country west african so like yeah. uh, let's talk about guinea <laughs> Actually, absolutely, yeah. So, in terms of my challenges, right, I actually wrote a piece about this on my Insta. Um, well, it's actually on, on my YouTube page um, where I did a spoken word piece, right, entitled The Africa I Know, 
right? And it was really um, somehow a recollection or like a, remin- a, rem- a form of reminiscing of me reminiscing basically about my first trip to Guinea. Right? This was, I believe, sometime in 2008, right? Um, so I go, I go back home with the whole family, my mom, all my siblings, you know, my dad as well. We're going there for a trip, right? It was like the, the, the school holiday or something like that, right? So you know, we're all excited. I think it was our first time on the plane, for the siblings at least, right? So you know, we're all packed in the plane nicely. We're heading there. We're all excited. We're looking forward to what we're going to see over there. This, this is home. This is where <laughs> my mom and dad were established. You know, so we're mm. going to finally see it, right? So we get there, right? And you know, there's the airport, obviously, that was... Uh, at that time, it was, I would say, very underdeveloped. You know? <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's quite underdeveloped, you know. So, you know, we see the place and we're like, okay, this is this is probably like a transit spot. That, I'm not, not going to lie, that was my first thought. I was like, okay, maybe we're just transiting. Hopefully, <laughs> it turns out we were at the airport, you know. So, we get there and then, you know, from the airport, I think my uncle comes and uh, picks us up. Um, a really cool place in, in uh, the capital city, Conakry. It's called... Uh, Matam, right? So we end up in his place in Matam over there. And as we're just driving, right, on the way to his place, I'm just scenery outside the window and I see stuff that I am very not familiar with, you know. So I see individuals or people selling stuff uh, on the middle of the road, you know, uh, they're carrying stuff on, like whether it be, uh, you know, water bottles or, you know, this plastic. You got, you know, yeah, yeah. okay, okay, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I see that, I see, you know, they're selling biscuits, they're selling, they're selling everything really, you know, bread and just everything is being sold on the side of the street, as opposed to over here where it's like, you got to stick to a shop, you know, mm. so um, and it was like really young kids doing it, right? So I'm just looking and I'm, I was really young back then when I'm still trying to digest everything I'm seeing. Uh, it didn't make sense to me, right? Um, the roads are quite bumpy, right? Much bumpier than the roads here in Malaysia. Um <laughs> Uh, and yeah, so finally we get there to to Matam, and for some I don't know I don't know what it was, but in, inside of me I just felt like if if this is where I'm going to be spending the next three months of my holiday, then I'm I don't think I'm going to enjoy it, you know. <laughs> that, that wow, wow. <laughs> wow! I'm gonna be absolutely honest. You know? I don't know what it was, but as a kid, that was my first thought. You know, I was like, ah oh, man, this if I'm. I, I, I feel like I'm going to be trapped here, really, mm, exactly. <laughs> for the next three months, you know. Um, but surely after what happens, elders come together, right? Because, you know, um, my granddad, uh, believe it or not, had 33 kids. Wow. Wow. You know, I see a, a bunch of uncles and aunties that I've never seen before. We, they all come together. Um, and they're all in this this place, you know, Mata, right? My uncle's place, right? So they all get get together and they're, you know, they ask me, who, who are you? And I'm like, my name is Mohammed. You know, um, this is my dad. This is my mom. And I'm just introducing myself to everybody. And everyone seems very, they have this very, what's the word? Like this super shiny uh, aura on their face and just around them. You know, it was, it was really good energy, you know. Um, and all of a sudden, right, these uncles, they had kids, with them, right? And it was, it was more of a, so as opposed to Malaysia, they had a compound type of um I, I think it's the same thing in nigeria right where people don't really live in like individual houses they live in compounds rather right and then you have small houses within those compounds you know so that's what the situation was right and in those compounds you have a lot of kids a lot of adults right 
So all of a sudden, I see all these kids coming out, you know, and I'm like, and I was a kid that time, right? So I'm seeing them, they're seeing me, and I'm like, all right, let's, let's you know, they, they actually invite me to play with them. I don't know if they were kicking. It wasn't a ball. Definitely wasn't a ball. It was just something they were kicking around, and I joined them in kicking that around. <laughs> so, you know, I just completely forgot that first thought that I had of, uh, you know, am I going to enjoy the time here, right? I, I had a, a phenomenally amazing time, so much so that, um, I was almost, I, I lost a lot of weight, you know, to say the least, because I was just constantly playing around under the hot sun, right? Um, and yeah, and that was <laughs> that was pretty much my the the the, the bright side. I know you asked me for my challenges, but that was I would say my my initial reaction. Uh, in terms of the challenges, I would say wait 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 wait. Yeah, <laughs> are you telling me that was the only time you went to Guinea? No, that was the first time. That was the first. Time oh, okay. To- so as an adult, have you ever been to Guinea? Yeah, yeah, I was there. Um, was it twenty nineteen? Right before oh. the pandemic hit. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And even even before that, I've been going. Like so, almost like every two years ish, I would go there with the family, and you know, we would spend the school or university vacation over there. You know, oh, if my sister's got married, for example, that's an excuse to go there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay. 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 Yeah. So in terms of the challenges to get to the point, I was the language, right? I feel like. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm not trying to, you know, uh, uh, justify it or shift the blame to any, you know, one. But uh, <laughs> my parents definitely, you know, had a role in in uh, <laughs> my current language. I'm just joking. I don't tell them I said that. But uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, it was it was a really str- it was a struggle communicating, right? So in Malaysia over here, the lang- the medium of language um, is English, you know, mostly. Right? I went to inter- I grew up with international friends. So all we spoke is English growing up. Uh, at home, we would speak the local language. You know, my mom would really try to get us to speak the local language, you know. Uh, uh, but it wasn't that easy, especially when you're not in the environment, you know. And uh, yeah, so that was, that was, that was actually the first challenge. So the language aspect was definitely the first challenge. Um, I'm not going to lie, if, up until today, I still, you know, I'm learning the language. You know, it, it definitely... It's getting better, so I'm still working on it. Still working on it. <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, aside from that, I would say definitely the cultural aspect. You know, there's there's you know our cultures are very rich, right? The Malaysian culture is very rich, but like I said, it's very different. So um, certain things that are highly recommendable in Malaysia are frowned upon in Guinea, and similarly, certain certain things that are highly recommendable in Guinea are almost frowned upon in Malaysia, you know. Um, so, you know, there was this challenge of, okay, I'm speaking to my elders in Guinea. I have to conduct myself. I have to, you know, present myself a certain way to show respect. Whereas when I'm in Malaysia over here, it's a completely different thing. Right? And just to give you an example, right, in Guinea, they expect you to be loud and clear when you're responding to them. You know, they don't like the whole shy business of like, you know, oh, I'm a reserved person. You know, I don't really talk too much. and I'm just going to answer your question and be quiet. No, that's not really, uh, <laughs> you know, a, a commendable trait out there. Whereas here in Malaysia, um, the more quiet a person is, the more respectful um, they're considered, you know. So not to, nothing, I'm not to say anyone is right or wrong. I'm just highlighting the difference in cultural norms. Yeah, so those were, I'd say, two of the main challenges that I, that I faced, the language and the, you know, the, the, the culture itself. Yeah. So did um did that change? Like, okay, you're talking about those um challenges you faced. 
did you yeah. cha- did, are you facing these challenges as an adult or when you were a child like the any of those challenges changed from um like did it evolve from when you were a child to when you're an adult like are you still going uh-huh. through any of these challenges right and as an adult or is there new challenges that like sprung up um as an adult do you get me yeah no, absolutely absolutely um in terms of the challenges have they changed i would say in some sense right um okay i wouldn't say they, they've changed they just uh in a sense magnified right because uh, as a kid you know um the, the expectations on you are much less right compared to when you're an adult right so now i'm expected to understand the culture much better than before as you know when, when i was a kid right so in a sense they've magnified really um it's it's uh, now a responsibility upon me to really learn my culture and learn it quick right um so for example if we're in a family occasion back home right i'm i'm the first son in my family right so now everyone's going to look at you in certain occasions right and you don't want to disappoint your 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 parents uh, or the elders you know so uh, that like i said the challenges haven't changed they've just magnified um but there are newer challenges as well where um for example as an elder now i am but like you know <laughs> the 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 challenge of like marriage for example yeah obviously it's the last thing that that anyone is discussing with you you know but now it's just uh, and i think i'm at the point where constantly on your face like oh <laughs> exactly. so when i get married when i get yeah. married you know so and you know, <laughs> you know those aunties back home are just hell bent on uh, <laughs> on seeing their 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 um nephews or oh, sorry grandkids if you like you know you know everyone wants your child named after them as a challenge i never thought <laughs> i would have to think about you know so um yeah you know and as time goes i think i'm getting better at understanding some of the um i'm i'm taking on board some newer newer challenges but uh yeah hopefully as uh, Kendrick Lamar said we're going to be all right you know so oh okay okay <laughs> yeah okay <laughs> i would i would i would say um i i can i have um Guineans as friends so okay. i can say there's a bit of um cultural differences between um, a Guinean and a Nigeria to be co- okay. very honest so as a Nigerian I've uh-huh. I realized there's a bit a, a, I don't want to call it a little bit because sometimes uh-huh. <laughs> I can I can see the huge differences the cultural differences between a Nigerian and um, a Guinean and really? also okay. yeah yeah uh-huh. I know have you been to Nigeria before Unfortunately, I haven't, yo, but definitely it's, it's you're missing out. Bucket. You're missing out. You've not been to the best <laughs> country in Africa. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking uh, about? <laughs> have you been to Guinea? No, but I have plans um, to. <laughs> okay. That's what's up, yo. Guinea is not the best country in Africa <laughs> right now. So, <laughs> the best country. Who, who gave you guys that title, yo? You know, the African giant. What are you talking wow. about? Wow. It's Nigeria. Oh, y'all, y'all didn't win the African Cup recently. So, did you even you qualify? I mean, because I don't remember. Oh, really? But in Nigeria, there's yeah. also, um, you know, um, tribe um, differences. 
So okay. uh, right now I'm, I'm a Yoruba. We have uh, okay. three major tribes in Nigeria: Yoruba, Igbo, and Hausa. Yeah. So I'm a Yoruba. Okay. So there's difference between um Yoruba person and uh Igbo person and okay. an Hausa person. Does that make sense? Yeah. So yeah, okay. coming from my own side, I can yeah. say um there's a huge cultural differences between a Nigerian and a Guinean. So as a okay. young adult, if I'm going to Guinea, yeah. I would expect to face some um, societal issues compared to when I am in Nigeria. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's like moving all the way from um, Africa to Europe, I would expect okay. to face um, some societal changes, um, okay. um, you know, differences as well. So okay. when, as a young adult right now, I yeah. can say, coming from, let me just use um, Nigeria right now, coming okay. from um, in Nigerian, the lot of there's a lot of um issues. Yeah, I want to use the issues. There's a lot of oh. challenges that oh. I face as a Nigerian. I'm not living in Nigeria presently, okay. but I lived in Nigeria and I can tell I've experienced these things. And firstly, oh. I would first say yeah. um there's a lot of um lowered expectations, like lowered standards. So if okay. you're a young adult, they don't um, regard you in okay. countries like Nigeria. You're not um, regarded. You're not um, approved. Okay. It's always like this. Um, the older ones in society always like look down on the younger ones. Does that make sense? Okay. So it's always like um, because you're young, and you, can, you should not be focused on this. You should not be focused on that. You're mm-hmm, not supposed mm-hmm. to be doing this. You're not supposed to be climbing the ladder. You're not supposed to be going yeah, into okay. politics. <laughs> stuff uh-huh. so do you have that all as well in Guinea? Well, but you said you didn't grow up in Guinea, so like I will use uh-huh. Guinea, like I said, because an African country. So do you okay. have that in Guinea? Oh now it's it to, to some to some extent, right? I think that yeah okay um yeah I would say that is at least and this is my personal experience right I can't speak on behalf of anyone else for that matter. Right. Um but I do feel I kind of resonate with what you're saying, right? Where I mean, it's one thing, you know, to be required to recognize that, okay, this is my elder, right? I need to respect them. I need to, uh, what's the word? I need to value them to, to there's a better word, to uh, appreciate and show gratitude towards, basically, for all they've done for me. And it's just the fact that they're elders. I got to respect them, right? But it's a whole different thing. Obviously, the tradition I come from, right, I, the way I was raised by my parents, um, um, I'm, I'm very grateful for it. Right. My parents taught me respect everybody, regardless of age, gotta respect everybody. That's 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 how I grew up. But at the same time, right, there was I would say justice, right? Uh, that was that was shown to me, right? So if a young person was disputing with an elder person, right, it is not the young person to in a sense, you know, point out <laughs> the 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 uh, the flaws, if you like, of the elder person, mm. but rather it is another yeah. elder that would point out the flaw of that, el- that elder person. And even that would be in a private setting as opposed to in front of the other person. You get what I'm saying? I know it's, uh, I'm twisting. Yeah, it yeah it's, it's, also, it's also like if yeah. you and an elder person have issue and yeah. the older person offends the younger person, it is expected yeah. of the younger person to apologize the older oh. person even <laughs> if you're not at fault yeah, yeah yeah something like that you know um yeah so, so more or less that right but i would say my family was was kind of 
uh, a little different, right? Um, and by my family, I mean my, my parents, right? They cut us down, right? And told us, look, right? Uh, not everything you see, uh, not just because we're quiet about things doesn't mean we agree with it, right? But they kind of taught us early on that yeah, there's this principle, right? If you go to, yeah, my dad, my dad always loves to say it. He says, um, when you go, uh, if, if you go to a village, right, and everyone in that village is blind, has, or everyone in that village has one eye, right, only one eye, put a hand over one, one of your eyes. Yeah. It's like, you don't want to be offensive to the culture, right? You don't want to be mm-hmm. super uh, upright or abrupt in your dealing with, with members of the community, right? You do want to effect change, Right, but it has to be gradual, right? And exactly. you have to lead by example, you know. So I would say my parents were, I'm, I'm extremely grateful for them, right? They didn't tell us, no, if you argue with an elder, you're wrong. They said, if you, elder, if you argue with an elder, even if they're wrong, you need to at least give them that respect of this is an elder, right? So uh, it was just beautiful. This, this was the question you were asking in particular. Is, is that that aspect of, the culture somehow conflicting with maybe you can say moral what is moral that was that yeah, was really yeah. crux yeah 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 i think but that, that you you've answered the question yeah, yeah okay. i think okay yeah yeah cool, cool. Yeah. yeah you did like when you explained it earlier okay it, like you've you've given a, a comprehensive answer to my question and i really love awesome. that so <laughs> as 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 a man yeah. You know, the challenges I face as a lady is different from the challenges you're going to face as a man. So okay, as yeah. a man, like if I want to start with my challenges, I go through as a woman whereby yeah. there's not equality. I don't want to start on that. <laughs> there is no equality. And uh-huh. Women are not being um, recognized. Women are not being like appreciated. Women are not being, um, what's the English word? Um, um, okay, what? Well, you, um, you you get it. So um, respected. Yeah, respected. <laughs> so compared to in society where um, men are classified or considered to be the head of the family, men are considered uh-huh. to be the superior, you know, um, the leaders and stuff like that. So me, okay. I have a different challenges compared to you okay. because of our gender differences. So would you like to... um? highlight the challenges you go through as a man in the society okay. to... we're speaking in general not my personal struggle are we... you, you, you personal one personal. Oh, personal I don't want people to come for you I'm like okay I don't go through this uh-huh. um, personally what say is well firstly well, I do I do want to push back on that narrative but at the same time I definitely I, I definitely see where you're coming from right you're saying that in our societies um or just societies generally, right? Um, it seems as though the man is leading, right? The the the, the ship, right, is really um, directing society. What's the word? Has you can say authority in society, right? Men dictate yeah, the rules. Yeah. Is essentially what exactly. you're saying. Exactly. 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 I, I do agree with that to to some extent. Right? Whoa, I do. whoa, 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 now, whoa, let me... <laughs> to some extent, <laughs> to some extent, whoa, whoa, okay, okay. I, gotta, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta say this, I gotta speak the truth, you know, I gotta say okay. my truth, you know, okay. <laughs> yeah, I would say <laughs> challenges that men go through 
are although although the challenges that women go through let me start by saying this yeah the challenges that women go through are definitely very serious right and they're they're legit the legit challenges that women go through right um and a lot of i would say even my own society right i look at a lot of things and i just i just i just it's just unacceptable right so like it is the case that a man a, a father can marry off his daughter um without her approval right and i've seen a lot of episodes before my eyes right where almost it's just it's just like you know you you inform a person oh guys next week we're going on a trip to this to this island or whatever right it's the same way they marry off some of their some some men marry off their daughters back home right and that is just unacceptable because marriage is supposed to be an institution that is you know founded on on you know compassion and love and understanding and you know it's, it's supposed to be a union between two families right so if yeah. a father is out here just you know like like throwing a bowling ball at his daughter and just getting you know smashing her into a marriage then that defeats the whole objective of marriage right so those are sympathize or empathize with women uh, back home right um with that said <laughs> i do i would like to point out as well that um men have their own and that is that is essentially the question you're asking right um yeah. now although it is the the like the public narrative right states that men are privileged men are the the abusers really they are the 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 monsters of society where they true you know, true 100 100 <laughs> <laughs> you know their 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 primary aim is to 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 marginalize and abuse women you know mm. <laughs> i get that that is the public narrative but public I feel are like... we, really is that not the correct narrative um, i would said... say like i said to some extent like the example i gave earlier wow wow I can't, I can't deny it, right? Where I told you, like a, a father marrying off his daughter. Yeah, just, you, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely recognize some forms of abuse by men over women, definitely, right? But at the same time, where we do have to highlight, right? Because we want to make sure when we are dealing with a social, economic, or political uh, matter that we, you know, it, it involves a lot of complexities. You know, so for us to just make a blanket statement saying men are the abusers, women are the victims, end of the story, we need to punish men. It, it just, you know, it, does, it doesn't tell the whole story, I would say. Right. So the story I'm trying to tell is this. Yeah. Here's a man. Here's, here's, here's a, let me paint a scenario for you. Yeah. Here's a man who since childhood, right, he is taught, right, at home with his friends uh, on the streets or whatever, it, wherever he may be, he's taught that in order for him to be a real man, right, he needs to, you know, in, 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 not in my real man, I mean like a, a lady, right, someone who uh, is, right, in order for him to get that status, he needs to be someone who is, you know, uh, wealthy, essentially, right? Um, he, needs, he needs to be someone who has social status, really, in society, Right. So his whole life, he is, in a sense, chasing after that status. Why? Because he wants the woman, right? He wants the family yeah. that he wants the most beautiful woman in society, right? And it's often the case, right? Uh, I'm not blaming anyone, but it is often women are found with 
I don't know if I can say the least attractive. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I exactly. Say. I said uh, you're correct. <laughs> you know? Correct. No, no, yeah. no. You're correct. I think okay, I did so mention of something like this when I was having a conversation yesterday. <laughs> yeah, you correct. You correct. Sure. Right. So it is often the case that the most sought after women are with the most. Right. So that, in a sense, already tells us that that what a man looks for in a woman is primarily her beauty right everything else is almost secondary like her personality her i don't know her accomplishments in life those are almost secondary to a man um just as a man's uh, uh you know his attractiveness for example is if this is a man who can provide for me and my kids then i don't see why he i wouldn't approve of his marriage right that is that is I correct me if I'm wrong, but that is your... You, you, you're actually correct. Yeah? Okay, cool. <laughs> All right, so since we agree on that, right, I would say that in a, mind's, in a man's mind, right, he is brought up, right, he's raised in society, and we're talking about the effects of society, yeah? So it's, it's, it's a great way, great discussion to get into, right? Society is constantly telling this guy, this boy, that in order for you to be a man, you have to have social status. Right? And unless you have social status, you're going to lose everything to a the next guy who has this social status so men are constantly fighting for social status they're they're competing against each other they're almost killing each other literally and metaphorically you know they are uh, um you know just doing what they can to get the best of women right so now what happens this guy this, this one guy let's call him abu right abu finally acquires the, sto- the social status he has been you know fighting for his whole life Right. He gets into he marries the woman of his dreams. Right. And, you know, she has children for him. Right. And then it's all it's all. Right. Now. He gets to that level. Right. And it could be the case that well, it's not it not could be the case. It's definitely the case that he is struggling to keep things together. Right. Um, he might be going through personal issues. You know, um, he might be going through issues at work right, where he has to almost have this dual personality of like be this loving father, loving husband at home. But at the same time, he has to be this, this lion at work, this, 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 this corporate, um, corporate gorilla who's just out here dominating, you know, society and doing his best to, you know, provide for his family. Right. So you can see how he ends up seeming to be the villain in this situation, right? Because, um, you know, it is, it, it, I, I don't know how to say this in any other way, but <laughs> uh, not everyone is, gets into marriage for the sake of love, right? So you do have men that simply do it just because, you know, they want to be, they want to look good uh, standing next to, uh, or having the most beautiful woman standing next to them, right? Just as there are women who don't care what the guy's character is, they don't even care to check. They just simply look at what he has, what people say about him, and then they get involved in, in such an arrangement, and then it's all regret, and then you have kids in the equation that just complicates everything, you know? So, essentially, the point I'm trying to get to is men, their whole lives, they are, in a sense, fighting for the attention of women, right? They're fighting to impress women. So a lot of com- you've probably heard some comedians even say it, you know, some of the greatest comedians, where they make jo- jokes about this, right? Where... Um, you know, the guy, his, his whole life, he's just really trying to accumulate enough wealth. Finally, he can afford the Ferrari. <laughs> and then 
uh, a woman comes up and she's like, oh, this is a nice Ferrari. And then he goes, gotcha. <laughs> you know, so, <laughs> that was Dave Chappelle. Yeah? <laughs> it's not my joke. Yeah. So th- this type of mindset of you know, I'm going to do everything uh, for the woman. So, so the point I'm making is a man is almost enslaved from childhood that in order for a man, you have to be a ladies man. Right. You have to enslave yourself to the woman in order for you to, you know, to climb up the ladder and be really seen. Uh, right. And I'm not blaming women for this. I'm blaming society as a whole. Right. Where we've yeah. taught men that you do not have value unless um, you have um, the best woman in a sense. Right. And these are stuff that we really don't have control over. You know, so in that sense, women have their struggles, but men also have their struggles. That was that's really the point I'm trying to make, you know. Yeah, you see, um, that's why I asked you about um, the man's struggle challenges because I recognize, you see, I recognize men challenges. To be honest, uh-huh. I know um, it's not always like bubble, like men are respected, men are placed mm-hmm. above all and stuff like that. I know men also have these um, challenges as well. But that being said... <laughs> Uh-huh. never never yeah. compare to a woman's challenges uh-huh. to be very honest like you said women are brought up as a girl you are like uh, manufactured mm, yeah. for the purpose of serving a man so in society society creates a, like a box <laughs> whereby um yeah. once you are a girl then your sole purpose is to uh-huh. um, serve a man so that is why we have a lot of girls that are out of school. The girls are not being sponsored. The girls that are not um, being given the um, opportunity to experience anything other than marriage. So it's like uh-huh. um, women are just um, created. The society creates this um, envelope whereby once you're a woman, you're supposed to just be focused on marriage. So when you're a young girl, when you're born as a young girl, yeah. some homes just give you this knowledge like oh yeah. why are you acting this way you know you're not going to act this way you're married in your husband's house like why okay. are you doing this way you're not going to, he's not you're not going to appreciate something like that you're supposed uh-huh. to look certain type of way to impress um a man and it's it's really really difficult being a woman in today's society if we're being very honest and yeah. in society whereby women are un- underappreciated they are not um they're not being given job opportunities. Like I read the old post whereby someone was talking yeah. about um, women and men are not paid the same salary in the same job, the okay. same position. It's uh-huh. really crazy. And they classify women as um, being bitchy and um, being, okay. um, you know, once a woman is in a higher position, then she did something to get there. So okay. they're always considering like, once you are like making money, you are like up there, you are the CEO, you are the this, okay. you are the that, then automatically there's a man behind you. Like um, the, uh-huh. you slept with someone to get to the stage. Because okay. it's just, it's classified women as you can't get here without our help. Does that make sense? Okay. So I was reading that a I get book. It. Okay. Mm-hmm. I was reading a book. It is, yeah. um, you know, the patriarchy word. So okay. this, she was highlighting this, um, challenges um, we women have in business. So yeah. for women that want to like open business, start up a business or have a startup, um, yeah. they don't give, um, investors don't invest in women. Now that's okay. crazy. 
investors prefer investing in men than in women. The okay. investors, if they, they listen to the pitch of men, like if you are like pitching a business idea, I pitch, you pitch, then the investors are automatically going to go with you because they just feel like your voice is way more better. Now, that is very crazy. Uh-huh. <laughs> me, okay. me reading that, it's really like, I felt like really sad uh-huh. because you are telling me I'm, I'm, an investor is actually going to go with you because yeah. you're a man and your voice seems way more better than me. Now, that is okay. really crazy because there are a lot of women that they are doing great in their field. They are really mm-hmm. killing it there. But they are not yeah. being um, recognized. They are not being okay. appreciated because we're in a man's world. Let's be honest. Okay. This is this world, yeah. this society is run, is ruled, is regulated, is loved by men. It is uh-huh. men that oh, are making rules. Oh, yeah. Do you have something to say to that? There's a lot to say to that, right? But what I, what I, what I was simply trying to really focus on here is um, I, I don't think it's anyone's fault that society is set up the way it is, right? Just as, um, just as you know, I wouldn't blame women, for example, for the fact that in wars, right, um, about what I think the figures were 90 or even 95% or even 96% of people that die in wars are men, right? Or the fact that um, the overwhelming population uh, in prisons are men. Or the fact that, you know, uh, um, even we're talking about all these uh, uh, violent crimes, for example, right? Aside from rape, right? Uh, is the, the victims are, are men, right? right? And then going back to the point you were saying earlier, of, you know, when a woman climbs the ladder and she becomes like the ceo then well first of all we have far less you know women ceos right yeah you're saying that if a woman does climb the ladder through her hard work her sheer hard work and dedication there she's often painted you know like you like you said someone who is you know uh, what was the word you used uh (laughs) you know someone who is uh, obnoxious, right? It's like, ah, oh, this this woman, like, she almost, she's not supposed to bitchy. be here. Why don't you want to use the word bitchy? Yeah. <laughs> your, your words, yes. Men right. use that a lot, you know. <laughs> Women are bitchy. In order to become a CEO in that position, you have to become someone who, uh, another word for it is disagreeable, right? Someone who is, you know, not nice and someone, someone like, like, you know, you're not supposed to be someone who is like, who, who, who is, you know, like, kind and someone who is you know yeah just you very see, accommodating. I, I i get you i get you yeah. because so, and I, by, I, and, yeah and by right um this uh, like it's not biologically um uh, psycho- psychologically right physiologically women are more agreeable right they're they're more what's the word more friendly uh more accommodative to you know to, to people generally right compared to men that's wrong right wrong no, wrong. no definitely. society this, this, society uh, make that <laughs> no sure you no, can call, call to be it, very call honest it, call it by, call it by nature just as okay it's not, it's here, not nature it's not Who, nature who's more violent men or women men <laughs> men exactly right? so <laughs> the fact that like violence comes out of this sense of stubbornness or disagreeableness right um men are the ones constantly not only fighting the wars, but also creating the wars. You know, I'm not saying, I'm not sitting here and saying, oh no, women are the ones who are causing the wars and then we're fighting it. No, it's like men are the ones who are causing the wars and we're fighting it. We're, we're fighting wars that we created, we men created, you know. But that itself proves the fact that we are more violent, we are less agreeable, right? We're not people who, unfortunately, the majority of us, right? I, I like to think I'm a nice guy, right? Uh, 
<laughs> I don't think I'm a violent person. Really? Right? Really? I don't think so. I really don't mm. think so. No. Mm. <laughs> you know, but, <laughs> right, right, um, in a situation where I need to be violent, right, I, I have to be violent, right? And just to give you like a, a really like basic example, if, um, say, you and your man, right, right you, have, you have this wonderful man, he's, he's you know, he's, he's fit, he's, he's tall, he's handsome, you know, great guy, yeah? Now, you guys are walking, um, you, you just left KFC, right? Oh, okay, let's not, maybe not. <laughs> okay, you, you're a vegetarian, you just left a, a vegetarian uh, restaurant, a veggie restaurant, I don't know what they call it, and you had the best dinner and it's quite, you know, late night and everything, you guys are heading back home. Now, all of a sudden, this, this guy pops up from the bush, right? And he has a knife in his hand, right? And he's just looking at you, talking about, hey, give me all your money. I'm going to kill you, right? Now, in that situation, right, you would expect you, obviously, right? Uh, you would expect your man to jump in and go, I would, I, you would have to kill me before you do anything to my woman, right? Am I right? Nope. <laughs> no. Oh, come on, really? <laughs> Come on, really? <laughs> really? Yes, really. <laughs> you're not you're not gonna like get behind your man and try to get him to defend you because you know, like I said, this guy is uh, he's no. I'm shape. the one that is gonna be defending him. You know, we are going what? to be defending situation. <laughs> <laughs> defending each other. Uh, why would you get yourself killed in that situation? <laughs> okay, okay, maybe not you, right? Maybe not. Maybe you're someone who is more ambitious, someone who is more courageous, someone who is more, you know. Um, more violent, let's <laughs> say, you know? So, but... wait, 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 wait. No, no, wait. All are you I'm telling me, is... <laughs> are you telling me there is not any single man out there uh-huh. that is yeah. going to go behind the girl instead of uh-huh. in front That's of the girl? That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying under normal circumstances, right, a man is expected to defend the woman, not the other way around. Yeah, a man is expected to defend the woman in a situation like that, right? If, if like, let's say your, your purse gets stolen or whatever, right? When you guys get back home, no, I I totally get you. I get you. Honestly. You get it, right? <laughs> I do. People are gonna look yeah, at you and go, well, "Where where were you? You know, like where were you?" And because you don't you don't look bruised, you don't look like you're hurt, you don't look like anything happened to you. How come they they took your your girl's purse and they just left? You know. So now he has to explain himself. Yeah. But nobody's gonna ask you, uh, where, where were you, uh, defending him? You know, <laughs> in a sense, like just I'm saying, under normal circumstances, woman, oh, did you stand up for your man? Right, but it is most likely the case that they're gonna ask the man, right, and that would really determine his reputation for I don't know the next two or three years <laughs> in society, right? So that just goes to show yeah. like the point I'm gonna make with all this is it goes to show that in order for you to get to the top, you have to have more masculine traits, unfortunately, right? So women that climb up the traits, the the the, the ladder, they're you often uh, perceived as being more manly. Right, um, all these news anchors, these uh, journalists, these CEOs of companies, these you know, uh, um, um, you know, politicians and and whatnot. They're those women in those positions. They're not the feminine kind that you see, right? Yes, they portray in their and stuff like that. But really, in terms of how they deal, and I'm saying this is this is the general situation, right? You ha- you will definitely have exceptions to this, but that's the general rule. You need to be more masculine because. People in the workforce are not in it, you know, talking about love and compassion, you know, uh, harmony. No, it's 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 a constant fight for territory, you know, conflicts of interest and whose interest prevails over whose interest and who do we bomb and you know, in the case of the U.S. and all these <laughs> Western countries, who do we, mm. 
who's disagreeing with us and you know who's out here trying to you know impose sanctions on us and what are we going to do about it it's it's all conflict you know it's not it's not love and harmony and peace it might it might be that it might be that way for a while you know but that's not the default situation you know so with all that said i simply want to say that women have legit struggles that they go through right but at the same time men have their own legit struggles as well right and just just to clarify the point about the pay right um you said it is the case that women and men don't get paid um the same amount for the same work that they do in the same industry uh that i i honestly i used to think that was the case right um because that's that's what was constantly fed to me but having looked into the matter right you come to actually discover that the reason that is the case is because of personal decisions of both men and women right so usually is i don't know 25 25 uh, age range maybe even 25 get married off right that's now our current society in most in most societies right and once they get married biologically the woman is the one that gets pregnant right uh, at least in my community i don't know how it is in in yours <laughs> such communities <laughs> it is the woman that gets pregnant right now when she's oh, pregnant oh no you don't want you don't want no to, wait wait yeah, I'm, not, with I'm not making me. a case no wait wait i'm not making a you, case against women oh, all okay. i'm saying is okay. because of the way biology works right the fact that the woman is the one that gets pregnant right and once she delivers the baby you can't expect the woman to at work the next day um even those who pick very um let's say challenging careers career paths eventually right they come to a realization of i want to have a child right and you know um i will have to bear the motherly uh, i would have to bear the responsibilities of motherhood that come with being being a mother essentially right and so it just makes sense for her to you know find the guy who is perhaps in the same career path or in a better career path right um to to marry him to let him do the uh outside right and for her to do the working inside right and i think there's this whole like this whole conversation that is not being had what it is being had is that we know that like what is better what is a better job than to really raise the future generation there is no better job right okay elon musk is out here building a rocket to i don't know he's trying to colonize mars that's that's great but right and so if both men and women are thriving at work you know to develop their careers then really who's raising the kids right all these foster homes all these i don't know daycares is that where we're going to throw our kids to these um people that really are just trying to make a living just as we're trying to make a living and we're going to let them raise our kids you know so i think the whole narrative is very uh Uh, it's it's muddled right in 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 western ideology right we're losing a sense of culture where we're taking the value away from motherhood and we're really instilling it in career we're repa- we're replacing mothers with robots that is essentially what's going on you know and then so you know it's, it's it really hurts me to see that you know so um all power to women who want to pursue you know a, a career in medicine but if a sacrifice has to be made then i think it would be a man to pursue that career path in order for him to be able to provide for not only his wife but also for the future generation you know yeah and i, I ask you something yeah and i ask you something 
Go ahead. Um, I feel like next... you disagree with everything it's... I said. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Come on. <laughs> yeah, it takes um two yeah. adults to yeah. make a baby, right? Yes, 100%, 100%. So um there's a man and there's a woman. Yes. So I don't know why um the woman has to be the one to sit at home and take care of the children, whereby mm-hmm. Whereby, okay. wait for it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Baby, yeah. as a father. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh-huh. <laughs> I don't know why um, the father can't be the one sitting down at home and taking care of the baby, uh-huh. while okay. the mothers go and, um, you know, put some food on the table. It's not about, okay. I, I think, it's not about um, cultural, it's not about our tradition, it's not about, it's just yeah. the society created this inequality between men and women. Uh-huh. So, no matter how we, you know, circle around and circle around, we still come back to the fact that there is uh-huh. no, um, these two different genders are not equal. So, like okay. I said, it takes two people to make a baby, two different genders to make a baby, a man uh-huh. and a woman. So, if the father is not ready to sit at home with the children or the child, yeah. then automatically the society creates a, a woman to sit at home with the baby, a woman to take care of the baby, the mother gives birth to the baby, and like that. Whereby, the father is also in the picture. We are always removing the father from the picture. It's always like the father doesn't exist when it comes to taking care of the baby. It's like okay. literally, let's, let's forget about, let's just, let's just forget about daddy and focus on the mommy. It's really, really funny because uh-huh. a woman can as well go to work yeah. and leave a baby with uh-huh. her husband. Okay. Is that wrong? Is that wrong? No, here's, okay, no, no, here's the thing. Yeah, I, I 100% agree with you. This parenting should be done by both parents, by, by both the father and the mother, right? And both of them have uh, a very important role. I don't want to say this person's role is more important. No, because it is a part that you're the father, I'm the mother. You do your part, I'm going to do my part. And when I can help you do your part, I'm going to help you. And if you can help me do my part, then you help me do my part. That, that, is, that should be the agreement. Yeah. No, now, here's the thing. Are you, Adi, right? Are you comfortable with, uh, like, you say, let's say you, you've just had a child, right? Like, say, a week or two, right? You've had a child. <laughs> are, are you okay with that? I know you your question. Okay? Huh? <laughs> you, you, you get it, right? Would you be comfortable with leaving, let's say, six bottles of milk at home? <laughs> pre pre prepared and then you're at work hustling and your wife is sitting at home uh you know taking care of the child is are, would you really be comfortable are you telling me that you're comfortable with that i don't i don't think you would right? you see <laughs> i <laughs> no 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 <laughs> to be honest let me, let me i'll answer this is yeah. very raw i like the question um okay. to be very honest with you yeah i think i've tend to understand that men can do um the taking care of men can clean the home men can eat and um, cook men can uh-huh. do the dishes men can do their laundries they just uh-huh. choose not to they are taught not to so okay. you're saying am i going to leave my um one week old baby with my husband yes yeah. because i know okay. he's not going to kill his baby <laughs> you know <what laughs> no, no, no. Oh, okay. he's definitely he not going he to wouldn't. kill his child yeah. No, he I mean, knows no, I'm, how I'm to take care of the baby not, the society saying, makes it i wasn't saying he's gonna I, kill the child all i'm saying is would you be okay with birthing something, right? An individual, a whole human being, and then giving it to someone else, right? Regardless of whether it's a man or woman, would you, would you be comfortable with just giving it to no, someone if else? It's, someone... If it's a stranger, if it's someone else, no, I wouldn't yeah. be. Or if it is the father of the baby, 
yes, okay. I would be. Because, like I said, like I said earlier, yeah. uh-huh. he's it doesn't the matter father who it is. of this If it's child. someone that you know, right? Man, or say your sister. No, 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 no. I'm not going to be comfortable. No, no. Only if it's the father huh? of the child. Only the, the father, father of okay. the child. And I know, <laughs> uh-huh. you definitely know how to take care of the baby. Let's be honest. Okay. Men know how to do these things. They just uh-huh. choose to not... They choose not okay. to do these things because they are told uh-huh. in society men should not be the one taking care of the baby, men should not be sitting there at home feeding the child, men should not okay. change the diapers, men should not uh-huh. do this, men should not do that. It's a lie uh-huh. because these men, they know how to do all these things. To be very okay. honest, if you I leave know, no, a baby... Here's the, thing, with... here's the thing, right? I never said that men cannot do the laundry or they can't, you know, change diapers and all that stuff, right? I myself, right? I was doing it growing up. I, had, I have like really younger siblings. Um, one in particular, right? And I was more or less doing a lot of this stuff, right? I, not only was I doing it, but I actually enjoyed it, right? Like giving milk to the child with, obviously, with the, what do you call it? The, uh, uh, what do you call those? The uh... feeders. <laughs> yes, you know, you know, the, you know, the baby uh, bottle, basically, right? I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, feeding bottle, uh, yeah. I enjoyed carrying my, my little brother, right? Uh, just walking around the house with him, you know, just, I, I don't know what it was, but I really enjoyed it, right? But still, the point I'm trying to make is this, yeah? Both men and women can do amazing work at work. Yes, we can agree to that, right? I'm, I'm not disagreeing with that. I'm not saying oh, at the workplace is, you know, less competent than a man. <laughs> I don't less competent than um, in any sense for that matter, right? All I'm saying is this, yeah? If a sacrifice needs to be made, right, of whose career are we going to sacrifice in order to raise this child, right? So one of us is going to continue the career, not for that person in particular, but for the whole family, right? Just as the one that is staying at home is not sacrificing a career, right? But in actuality, they are, is, is being almost framed as this second class job of like you know everyone can do it yeah well, let's you just, just stay home and you know chill the whole day and you know you're you're absolutely fine can it's i like, ask you oh, something it's it's a, it's it's a heavy job you know it's a can heavy I ask job you something? I saw my mom. yeah go ahead <laughs> if you if you have um if you have a baby right now with your wife or your girlfriend or your partner okay. well, um would you what did you say Hope my wife, yeah. <laughs> we carry on, yeah. Oh, anything, anything can happen. <laughs> okay. Would you say? Would you say? Yeah. Okay, I am going to sacrifice my career for me yeah. to take care of the baby. You just quiet, quiet, and focus on your career. Would I? Would I tell? Would my you wife sacrifice that? your career? Okay. For your child, and let your wife, uh-huh. you know, focus on her own career. Now, that's a great question, right? And here, here's how I would answer it, right? Um, so what happens in the schooling system, right, or even in universities, is we, we know for a fact that people in the applied sciences field, right, um, engineering, uh, finance, and all these, um, um, well, finance is a social science, I believe, right? Engineering, uh, IT, and, you know, all these career paths, the, the pay over there is way higher, right? Uh, engineers get paid more than psychologists get paid or they end up getting paid more than, you know, students who study history, for example, right? Now, with this 
data set in mind, right? What happens is parents often push their, as opposed to their daughters, to pursue these fields, right? The STEM field, essentially, it's called the science, technology, um, uh, economics, I believe, and mathematics. Their son, their sons, right? They have a, a, a higher chance of getting a higher salary. And if they have a, then they'll be more capable of providing for their families. And if they're more capable of providing for their families, their wives would be able to focus on the family, right? The children and the husband. So you see the structure of society. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, it is women's fault that a lot of these men are going into engineering and IT, right? Because women only, uh, women practice hypergamy, right? You know the practice of hypergamy, which is women often tend to marry men that are on the same social status. Yes, you know. So whose fault is that? Are are, are we men going to sit here and start blaming women? Or if, if only the woman loved me for me, yes, I might not be able to provide for her, but I love her. (laughs) <laughs> you know, it's, it's, I'm not going to sit here and, and, and complain or blame anyone for that matter. That is just, and if we're talking about which, was, which is better, right? I would actually say the, the, the taking care of the child is actually the better career, right? Because you can work all day, all night, but if, if an employee were to die tomorrow, the company would replace him in a heartbeat, right? They would put up ads the next day. Right. If, if he's lucky, they would put up a poster of him for, for a week or two. Oh, um, yeah, rest in peace to Josh. He was a great employee. You know, he was bringing a lot of money to the company. But at the end of the day, Josh died. So we're going to have to replace him and business has to carry on. Whereas if, if the, uh, God forbid, the mother, um, you know, something happens to her at home, then it is a way, it's, it's a way bigger issue. And it's a much magnified issue compared to the guy something happening to the guy at work, you know? So, so yeah, I, th- I think you got Okay, okay, what, okay. What, what Let's do, do this. That, Let's yeah. do this. Yeah, I, I get your point. Let's do this. You get it. So, okay. if, if, for instance, yes. now, you're married wow. and you just had a child and your wife decides to, you guys do talk my, about my it and she's like, okay. okay, I will sacrifice my career for, yeah. for our baby and stuff. Would you be paying her? We should be getting paid for the job because you said, Mother, taking care of a baby, taking care of a child is a old mm-hmm. job on its own. So, would okay. you pay her monthly or weekly or daily take care of your child? First of all, first of all, first of all, this is this is my wife we're talking about. Yeah, this is my wife. So, in a sense, my wealth is her wealth, right? Um, but her wealth is not necessarily my wealth, right? At least that's the <laughs> that's the um, the tradition that I come from, right? Um, I'm a Muslim. And under the Islamic tradition, it is the man who provides for the family, right? Because if she is not out there in the workforce, she's out here sacrificing a career at work. I am duty bound to ensure she's happy, you know, to, to act upon that which is in her best interest, right? Because if she's happy, then the child is happy. If the child is happy, then I'm happy. You get it? So, yes, you can call it a salary, but I would just rather call it a... Um, a partnership. Uh, yeah, I'm laughing. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, okay, that's my thing. Okay, okay, that's cool. That's cool. Like, I mean, yeah. like, you are one of the few men that accepted uh-huh. to pay a woman for taking care of the child. Men actually don't see um, taking care of a child as a job. They don't find it um, tedious and still uh-huh. they can't sit down at home to take care of those babies. Taking care of a child, <laughs> I've not given birth uh-huh. before, but okay. I know for sure 
taking care of a child is a whole different job. It's oh, not easy. Yeah. So kudos to Quite those women out there, other mm-hmm. women, ladies that have babies and sitting down at home to take care of them. It's not really easy. And kudos to those women that are working and also taking care of their babies. It's 100%. really not um, easy. So my last question, do you yeah, have yeah. any... Um, if you were to pass a law right now, what is the law going to be regarding <laughs> the society? Yeah, coming from an adult. Ooh, ooh, ooh. A law regarding society. Like any law regarding social matters, is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just ooh, one that's, law. That's... Tell me. Just one law. Oh, that's that's a tough one, yo. Like because <sighs> you have you have any particular scope that you wanna <laughs> any 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 as long as you are a young adult right now you know you, uh-huh. you already figure out the challenges it's either for men or for women or for both or for you know anything just tell me just one law a law ah oh, that would be <sighs> a law a law a law um a law you know I, I, that, that would, yeah, that's, that's, that's a tough question. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. <laughs> a law that yeah. I would pass, say, as a young, as a youth, um, to help better the youth. What is a law that I would pass? Huh. Okay. 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 Let's say one improvement, one improvement you would like to add to society regarding, um, the youth. Mm hmm. Um, well, think, and okay. so you talk, are we talking like my society like back home or are we talking just generally in society altogether in general in general altogether um a law perhaps a law that um you know um recognizes to consideration the opinion of youth the youth more right i don't know if that's uh <laughs> i'm sure there's a law that exists out there um you know i just think um so so like i did a video for example right on specifically on polygyny so there's you know polygamy is an umbrella term that refers to you know uh more than two partners yeah yeah so it could be either one man two women or one man multiple women or one woman multiple men right polyandre and yeah Polygyny is one man, multiple women. Polyandry is one woman, multiple men, basically. Right? Now, in, in, in that episode, right, you can check it out on YouTube, uh, on the channel called Adibeng, right? I, I, have, I have actually watched that. Oh, you watched that? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I did watch your videos on YouTube. <laughs> I it, okay. Well, I hope you liked it. Yeah, I'm just yeah, I watching did, it, I just did. going... <laughs> no, come on, I, did. I hope that wasn't the case. <laughs> no, yeah, but in that video, I basically highlight um what I believe are the 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 like why why polygyny makes sense, right? Uh, not because it favors men or anything like that. No, because it, you know, based on our discussion today, and I think it was a really productive discussion, right? But I believe that polygyny really helps, you know, curb. A number, right, I don't want to say a lot, but it helps really resolve a lot of, well, a number of societal issues, right, for both men and women. Perhaps regulates this practice of polygyny, right? Uh, it actually serves the benefit um, that it intends to achieve, right? It 
in a sense, offers women who uh, have not had the privilege, right, of getting married, right? Um, 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 you know, so polygyny, in a sense, would, um, you know, allow them to experience that marriage life, right? But obviously, this practice could be abused. So I think uh, the law would come into the picture where it ensures that only men that are qualified practice polygyny actually practice it right uh, under the circumstances uh, under certain circumstances mm. you know so that's perhaps i would propose you know uh, legislate uh, polygyny right first obviously recognize it allow it but legislate it in a way that it actually fulfills its societal benefit or, or objective yeah that's perhaps one law i'm sure there are better things but you know <laughs> that's one thing that comes to mind right now no, that, that's cool. That's really cool. That's really cool. That's really cool. So, thank you very much for joining me on this wonderful episode for discussing um, the challenges, the effect of society on we young adults. And um, Dr. Tubi Mohammed, where, when are you going to be there? How many more years to go? I PhD is like a seven years course, right? <laughs> no, it's a four year. <laughs> You're actually getting me worried. Um, no, it's actually oh. a two-year thing. Right? <laughs> uh, in, my case, in my case, at least, right? Because I'm, I'm doing it full time, right? It's it's not it's not the easiest thing, but um, yeah, I've, I've gone, I've finished a year, right? So I have about a year and a half left, because right? it'll probably take me time. Done, inshallah. Okay, wow, that's beautiful. Hopefully, so, yeah. Doctor to be, um, Mohammed Sano. No. I'm correct, yeah. right? It was an absolute so... Wonderful speaking to you, Adi. Thank you for having me on. Um, I very much enjoyed this conversation and and just keep keep doing you, um, which is amazing, obviously. Thank you, thank you, thank you very, very much. And thank you guys for listening, tuning in, subscribing, and sharing this beautiful podcast. And for people that want to reach you, where can they reach you at? Um, so I am, I would say, uh, I used to be on Facebook more often, but I think now I'm more on Instagram. (laughs) Um, you can find me at Moik underscore Sano. Oh, can you say your Instagram handle? Okay. Sure. Uh, at Moik, M O I C underscore Sano, S A N O. Um, uh, do check out my YouTube channel as well. It's called Adibeng, right? A D I B E N G, where I address issues uh, pertinent to the development of Africa and its youth, right? Um, yeah, those are probably the two. And I don't expect any emails. <laughs> uh, these, you know, uh, no, no. Uh, from this aspect. So, yeah, those are two platforms you can reach me on YouTube, ID Bank, or Instagram, Moik underscore Sano. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you guys for listening Thank again. And um, keep those messages coming in to um, my inbox. I see your messages. And if you have anything to add to this, you can like write it down and. Thank you guys once again. I'll see you guys next week. Bye.